Welcome back to Stop Reading That. Tonight I have Gorehound and John Wayne Gacy, the Killer Clown. Hey y'all, welcome back to Stop Reading That. Today I've got two zines. I have the horror rock zine, Gorehound, and I have the comic book, John Wayne Gacy, The Killer Clown. And the reason I decided to do two today is because the John Wayne Gacy comic doesn't really have enough material to warrant its own review, and so I decided to do both back-to-back. they fit pretty well together in a strange way. Now, the heat wave is still here in California and I have the air conditioning blasting again. I'm gonna listen to this before I put it out there to make sure that the sound is okay. I apologize in advance if there are problems with it. I know yesterday it was pretty crackly. But the uh, Gorehound zine is a music zine from out of Alexandria, Virginia in 2003. I know that the lion's share of the uh, reviews I do are on music zines and horror zines, and this one combines the two themes quite nicely. It was put together by two people by the names of Destro Von Doom and Ilsa Schreck, and uh, I will read you Destro Von Doom's editorial in Gorehound. It says, Hello all of you monster kids and welcome to the first issue of Gorehound. I've noticed that there really aren't any zines, at least that I'm aware of, that focus on horror rock, so I decided to take a stab at it. I'm not sure how often Gorehound will be coming out yet, but I'm going to try to get at least one more issue out this year and maybe make it up to three to four times a year in 2004 with more pages as well. All of you horror rock bands out there should tell or should send me your stuff for review, as well as you aspiring horror writers and movie makers. I'll review anything in the horror genre you guys want to send. I'd like to say thanks to my partner in crime, Ilsa Shrek, who had a big hand in getting this out and helped enormously on the layouts, as well as Eric Reanimator for writing the Forbidden Dimension article. I'm looking for columnists more articles and more interviews so if that's if you're interested in helping out get in touch hope you enjoy and remember to keep a torch burning in the graveyard and a corpse in your coffin Destro Von Doom now I think you can already kind of guess what kind of music Gorehound specializes in sort of the, the band that gets mentioned the most often in this scene is the Misfits the other well-known bands that get mentioned a lot, speaking of Glenn Danzig, are Samhain, um, the Blue Oyster Cult gets thrown around a bit, some Old Blues, The Damned, and The Cramps. And there are slightly lesser-known groups like uh, Rocky Erickson and the Aliens and, um, oh, what's the other one? Uh, Penis Flytrap. And then below that, there are bands that I've never heard of, but you might have, like Screaming Lord Such and the aforementioned 
Forbidden Dimension. In fact, Forbidden Dimension gets a rather long write-up, including an interview with their singer, Jackson Fibes. And there's also an interview with a DJ named Drew Blood, who uh, was out of Pennsylvania, and he had his very own horror-themed radio show. Aside from that, in Gorehound, there is a page of website reviews. There are some scattered book reviews. And, you know, you expect... It's a lot of the names you expect. You get H.P. Lovecraft and the bands that I've mentioned before. There's a short section on movies, so you get a page with a, a handful of movie reviews. Now... But it really is the music that sets Gorehound apart from other horror zines. Because I know I've mentioned this before, but there are like a billion horror zines out there. And there are probably ten times as many music zines. And if you remember the whole hair, the old hair club for men thing, I'm not just the owner, I'm also a member. Well, it looks like Destro Von Doom and Ilsa Shrek were also in bands and had to do with record labels. So they come at this with a lot of knowledge on the inside and a lot of contacts and really a lot of cool information. Also, what it does as far as the music goes, and I know people mention a lot of these bands in conjunction with one another, but if you take sort of the like the Misfits, for example. The Misfits usually get put in with the L.A. punk scene when people want to categorize them. Same thing with The Damned. The Damned usually get in, put get put in with the, uh, the British post-punk scene, Blue Oyster Cult with classic rock, and what Gorehound does is it places them all under their own umbrella. What that does is if, say, you're a fan of The Misfits, or you're a fan of The Damned, or any of these bands, well, you already have an in on this, because you're already into this particular group, but now that you have this magazine, you can find other groups that you might enjoy as well. So it it doesn't just appeal to what seems like a small audience, because one of the things about Gorehound is, when you first look at it, it looks like it has a very narrow focus, but it can actually draw in people from a lot of different places. And that's kind of a cool and unique take on the on the whole thing. Especially as far as music scenes go. You're not just reading about L.A. bands or London bands or Alexandria, Virginia bands or 70s cock rock. So you can kind of come into it looking for the more established bands that you already like and then discover other stuff while you're there. I think that's just a really cool way to do things. Overall, uh, oh, as far as the layout goes, um, Gorehound has a really cool layout. It's pretty standard for, for zines. It looks like, having come out in 2003, it looks like it was created on a word processor and then chopped up and copied and pasted or, or cut and pasted. So it's kind of that old punk rock style that if you've been listening to this show, you'll know I really like. Except that it has kind of that, 
Misfits top spin. And the Misfits are a really a really good way to look at this because they seem to be the biggest influence on the zine and on the contributors as well. So you get kind of a punk rock style mixed with a monster movie theme. I really think that if you've listened to a few episodes of this show and you like what you hear, you would probably like Gorehound. Uh, their rating scale is uh, is out of four skulls. It's that kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff. I would give Gorehound a three and a half out of four skulls. It's pretty good, especially if you're if you're already really into that stuff. You're gonna like this. If you like any of the above kind of music that I mentioned, like punk, post-punk, 70s rock, blues, you'll probably like it as well. Um, the, oh, and, and the, the great thing is, as well, the contributors really seem to know their stuff. It's not like they just decided to get together and write a zine. It seems like they actually wanted to promote this kind of stuff because they're really into it. And so you, that really shows through in the interviews, it shows through in the write-ups, it shows through in the reviews. And so, you know, I think you would probably learn a lot unless you just already know as much as they do. It just shows a lot of passion and it shows a lot of joy and it shows kind of a, just a darkly good humor about the whole thing. And yeah, I think, I think you would really like Gorehound. Okay, so check that out. The second zine I have is the 1992 comic book John Wayne Gacy, The Killer Clown. This is number eight in a series called Psycho Killers. Now, John Wayne Gacy died on May 10th, 1994. He was put to death by the state of Illinois. And I actually remember when it happened. I was like, I was 16. And I remember watching the news and the uh, the camera crews were outside the prison. And there was this huge crowd of people out there screaming, kill the clown. Well, they killed him and his last words were, kiss my ass. And Gacy murdered at least 33 young men and boys, many of whom were buried in uh, concrete underneath his crawl space. And this comic book came out in 1992, so he was still alive. He was on death row and had been there for quite some time. Uh, but it actually has a letter from him at the beginning. I'll read it to you. It says, uh, Much has been written about John Wayne Gacy, the infamous media monster, I've been exploited in seven books, 42 others with full chapters, uh, one off-Broadway play, one movie, and five songs. Yet none of them ever talked with John Wayne Gacy, as I have not granted an interview in over 12 years. Nearly 80% of what is known about me is fraud, fantasy, and sensationalism. Greed without research, integrity, or investigation. The case is a matter of public record in Illinois. Consider this, if I were as guilty as they would like for you to believe, then I would not have any issues to appeal. It has taken me 10 years to get out of the political state courts, so now the federal courts will have to deal with the laws and not have to worry about being elected to office. I am an unpopular cause insofar as giving a favorable ruling to me because of publicity and public pressure. 
The next two pages are the results of an eight-year investigation into the facts of my case by the FBI. While some will say it is self-serving, nonetheless, these are facts. Every time we have tried to get this known, the media seem to want to go with the fantasy or the fantasy infamous monster image to feed a brainwashed public, as that's how dumb they think you are. You see, to give me credibility, or, uh, credibility would, would mean that the cops and prosecutors are wrong and did a sloppy job in investigating this case. It also means if I didn't get justice, then neither did the families of 33 victims and the killers are still out there. Now the federal courts have 216 issues to address in my case. They are walking through a legal minefield. There is no way the facts match the evidence used by the prosecution in this case, nor what was withheld by them when it was favorable to me. Yet when your own attorneys have divided loyalty and the greed of a book offer, then this can happen, even to you. Think about it. Sincerely, John Wayne Gacy. And uh, the comic is, the cover of the comic is graced with one of his Pogo the Clown drawings that always look to me like creepy balloon animals. In fact, there's even a place in the comic book where you can order his Pogo the Clown paintings. Originals, I might add. Just like the ones owned by Johnny Depp and Adam Jones from Tool. Something tells me that the value as such has gone way up. But I wouldn't want one of those ugly things hanging in my house. Anyway, John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown, is sort of like... When you have one of those true crime anthologies and it has a bunch of different serial killers, you've got uh, Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy, and it gives a a, a summary of the case with just enough sensationalism, but not so much gore that it's going to scare old ladies. That's really what you get with John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. I don't have any of the other the other comics that were put out under this series. I'm going to guess that they're pretty similar. Uh, The Gacy one is, it's pretty disturbing, but it's not, it's not as gruesome as it could be. One of the things that I actually find really interesting in this case is the number of times he picked up some young man and kidnapped the man and and abused him and tortured him and then let him out alive and the guy went to the cops and the cops didn't do anything. In fact, early on when he's sort of escalating his crimes, he gets put in jail for something called like an assault on a sexual deviant, which apparently was a, a legal code in Illinois at the time, this being the late 70s. And it's really funny to think that in a large metro metropolitan area like Chicago, that at the time they would just kind of let these crimes go. And the comic gives uh, just an abbreviated summary of his life from the time he was born to about some time after he was arrested. You know, you can read all about his miserable childhood and all that bullshit. The artwork is good, but not great. It's sort of standard 90s monochromatic comic book. But if you're into the whole serial killer thing, I think you can read 
Uh, I read John Wayne Gacy, The Killer Clown, in about 10 minutes. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary. It might take you longer, might not take you that long. If you're interested in serial killers and other assorted sickos, this might be up your alley. I definitely wouldn't recommend it for anybody who isn't interested in true crime. That's sort of, it doesn't really have a very wide appeal, I don't think. Personally, I might be curious to see maybe another issue of it, but not one from modern times. Maybe if they wanted to go back in history and look at various crazies, I think that might be more interesting. But that's John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. Um, not really my thing. If it's your thing, well, you know, you might like it. So check it out. Um, so I will be back soon. I just wanted to, to say also, I mentioned this at the beginning, but leave me a comment because one of the things I want to know is if I should do shorter episodes like this every day, or if I should do one longer episode a week or something like that. Anchor FM has a, an interesting function where you can do sort of almost a, it's almost like a chat roulette for a co-host. You can just sit there and wait for a, a person who wants to co-host your show to show up. So I might experiment with that and you might be able to listen to me and some random person spurg out for two hours. But until then, I hope you all have a great week or, and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your Sunday while it lasts. And uh, I will be talking to you soon. All right. Goodbye.